Continuing through our short series on worship, appreciate the healthy interaction I had last week after a sermon on baptism that I think was probably different than some of you were expecting. This morning, we're going to turn our attention to the act of preaching and preaching, a preacher preaching on preaching. This will be very good. Uh, Romans chapter 10, we're going to start at verse 14. How then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him of whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. But they have not all obeyed the gospel, for Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed what he has heard from us? So faith comes from hearing, and hearing through the word of Christ. This is the word of the Lord. Let's pray together. Father, you have chosen to make yourself known, not by immediately entering into the soul and spirit of every person and revealing yourself, but through words. You've chosen to use an institution like the church and through preachers, words on a page in your scripture. Father, you've chosen to use these humble, earthly ways to make yourself known, and so I pray that this morning you would that even through the vessel of clay that I am, you would make yourself known and treasured among your people. I pray all of this in Christ's name. Amen. You may be seated. A few years ago, I was in the middle of a sermon when suddenly from the congregation, a plaintive voice called out, Mommy, Is the long talking almost over? (laughs) Now, to be fair, I preached longer sermons in California than I do here, but still, it was only like 35, 40 minutes. Not like a Puritan, two to three hours of preaching for a Puritan. We start getting itchy when I go over 24 minutes here. But it raises the question, doesn't it? Why do we give any time at all to this strange act of preaching? There is nothing like preaching in the rest of the world. It's not a lecture. It's not a speech. It's not a TED Talk. It shouldn't be a stand-up routine. It's a good thing I'm not a very good joke-telling preacher. What is preaching? As I thought about it this week and looked at other people's definitions of it, here's how I would want to define preaching. It's the announcement and the application of the king's word to the king's people. It's the announcement and the application of the king's word to the king's people. It's not my word. It's the king's word. It needs to be accurate. It needs to be persuasive both in the content as well as in the delivery. And here's the big idea that I want you to walk away with today. These words 
are not just informative. Preaching just doesn't, doesn't just convey information. Preaching changes reality. That's a tall order, I know. But here's what I want you to see by the end of our time together this morning. Preaching changes reality. Three things that I want to look at. The power of preaching, the purpose of preaching, and the product of preaching. Aren't you proud of me? Three Ps all in a row. The power, the purpose, and the product of preaching. So what's the power of preaching? The power of preaching is found primarily in the Spirit working through the words of the preacher as he expounds and applies the Word of God to the people of God. I think this is what Paul is after here in Romans 10. I want you to look at the logic that he unfolds for us starting in verse 14. And I noticed that I gave the folks in the office the wrong set of verses this morning for the bulletin. So you're going to need your Bible. I know it's crazy to think about bringing a Bible to church, but you're going to need your Bible to see where we're going here in Romans 10. He begins in verse 14 with this idea of worship, calling on him, calling on God. How are they going to call, how are they going to worship in order, before they can believe? They have, in order to worship, someone must believe, Paul says. And then he continues on, in order to believe, someone needs to hear. But what is it that they hear? What word actually creates belief in the one who hears? Well, he says it's the word of Christ, verse 17. God has ordained preaching, specifically the preaching of the gospel, to bring new life, to create faith in people. This is why he ends this section with faith comes by hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. Paul is very clear. People will only believe. People will only call on the Lord if they hear the gospel. And that gospel is a message that must be preached. So if you have ever heard, much less, please, God forbid, ever used that suspect Francis of Assisi quote, Preach the gospel at all times, if necessary, use words. I'll put that away. Put away the, the more modern version, which is someone telling you, you know, your life is the only sermon that some people are ever going to hear. Friends, if that's true, we're all in trouble. Now, the gospel is the power of God unto salvation, Paul says in Romans chapter 1, and it must be preached. Instead, in fact, Paul even says in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, woe is me if I do not preach the gospel. Now, before we go on, I want to give a warning. To say that there is power in preaching does not mean that there is power in the preacher. Too often today, the preacher is evaluated on his charisma or his ability to connect with the audience. I mean, even that word is emblematic of the problem, isn't it? The power of preaching does not lie in me. 
The power of preaching lies in the word of Christ. That word above all earthly powers as we're going to sing after the sermon. It's a word that kills and makes alive. It's a word that pierces through to the division of soul and spirit, Hebrews 4 says. And this is one reason why we wear robes. I told you I'd get to this. This robe, in a sense, hides me. It hides me as a person. It reminds us both, you and me, that I am not here to offer my personal opinions. I am not here standing in my own power. I am here as a herald, as an ambassador of the kingdom of Christ. And as a representative of that kingdom, I am set apart in my unique role as a pastor to bring God's word to you. So what does this powerful word actually do? What's the, the purpose of preaching? Preaching needs to do all sorts of things. In my sermons, I want to convey information to you. I want to exhort you to action and obedience. I want to persuade you to change your mind, to change your behavior, to change the way you think. And in service to all of this, I might tell a story. I might relate some kind of personal anecdote like I did earlier this morning. But the purpose of preaching isn't merely to convey information. The purpose of preaching isn't merely to exhort you to change your belief, your behavior, your thinking, and it's certainly not simply to stand up here and tell heartwarming stories to people. Now, the purpose of preaching is to create and sustain faith. To create and sustain faith. In your Bibles, turn to Galatians chapter 3. In very similar words that Paul uses in Romans 10, in Galatians chapter 3, starting at verse 2, he says this. Let me ask you only this. Did you receive the Spirit by works of the law or by hearing with faith? Are you so foolish? Having begun by the Spirit, are you now being perfected by the flesh? Did you suffer so many things in vain, if indeed it was in vain? Does he who supplies the Spirit to you and works miracles among you do so by the works of the law or by hearing with faith? Isn't that a fascinating turn of phrase? Hearing with faith. It's through preaching, Paul says, that we receive the Spirit. It's in preaching that God provides the Spirit and all of His gifts for our perfection in the faith. Through the very human act of preaching, God regenerates those who are dead in their sins. And He sustains those who have faith in Him increasing that faith and sustaining that faith every day of their pilgrimage. Now, friends, this means that you and I both have responsibilities when we come into this room on Sundays. We have a responsibility to recognize what actually is happening among us. 
If we come into this place understanding that God is actually speaking to us, He's actually creating faith, He's actually sustaining faith, He's actually giving us the Holy Spirit. I mean, tell me how that would change the way you walk in this room. Tell me how that would change the way that you prepare your own heart and your own mind as you pull into the parking lot. Tell me how it would change the way that you listen, the way that you mark, the way that you understand the sermon. It has to change it. It has to change it for you and it has to change it for me and for John and for Danny and Marcus as we stand up here and proclaim God's word to you. Um, Sometimes asked if I ever get nervous speaking in front of people. Not very much, honestly, anymore, but once I was really nervous. I was preaching in Savannah, Georgia, and I was at the historic independent Presbyterian church there in Savannah, Georgia, preaching as part of a missions conference. They were a supporting church of the church we started in California. Here, I come up three steps to the chancel, one more step to the pulpit, and I stand in front of you and I preach. There in Savannah, Georgia, you entered in through this little side door into the pulpit. You climbed 15 steps up a circular staircase until I was standing about 15 feet above the congregation my eyes were about balcony level with the balcony that stretched around the sanctuary. Just the very act of climbing up into that pulpit impressed on me the gravity of what I was about to do. And yet it's what I do each and every week in front of you. Here's the problem. Sometimes it's a swing and a miss, isn't it? Sometimes I get up here, or Danny, or John, or Marcus, and, you know, despite our best efforts, it's just, you know, that kind of brings down the batting average, Eric, you know, <laughs> just, just wasn't, just didn't quite connect. Or sometimes you're bored, and your attention drifts away. Sometimes we're just dull to the purpose, to the reality of what is happening around us. Folks, one way to fight that, one way to grab hold of the reality that is happening all around us is coming with an expectation that when you come and sit and when the preacher speaks to you, it is the Word of God to you. Whoa, Eric, now wait, last week was bad enough. Are you saying you're a prophet now? Are you saying that you are the mouthpiece of God, that through your lips come the infallible words of God? No, no. But I am one of the gifts that the risen Christ has given to the church. In his ascension, Paul in Ephesians chapter 4 verse 11 says that pastors are one of the gifts that God has given to the church so that you can be built up into the body of Christ. Not me, Eric, as an individual, but me as a pastor, as a preacher. 
What we do here in preaching and in listening is growing us up into Christ. We are being knitted together with the worldwide body of Christ. We are being enabled to properly work together as the body of Christ. And that means that when I sit in my study and I begin to prepare sermons for you, I need to think about how is the law going to cut us down? How is the law going to remove our eyes from all of the false gods and the false hopes that we have put our trust in this week? And then I need to think about how is the gospel going to point our eyes back to Jesus And how am I going to see the kingdom that he is building in our midst? That's my responsibility. You also have a responsibility. You have a responsibility to be a Berean. Acts chapter 17, verse 11. You remember the Bereans. They listened to what Paul had said, and then they went back home and they searched the scriptures. To be a Berean does not mean that you sit in skeptical judgment, waiting for me to missay something. Instead, it means that you eagerly receive the word, and then you go and search the scriptures yourself, making sure that what you hear on Sunday is the truth around which your new life is being built and being sustained. That's the purpose of preaching. The power of preaching, the purpose of preaching. What's the product of preaching? You are. You're the product of preaching. Listen to what our larger catechism says in question 155. The Spirit of God makes the reading, but especially the preaching of the Word, an effectual means of enlightening, convincing, and humbling sinners, of driving them out of themselves and drawing them to Christ, of conforming them to His image, subduing them to His will, strengthening them against temptations and corruptions, building them up in grace, and establishing their hearts in holiness and comfort through faith unto salvation. What's, what is the product of preaching? You are. You being built up. Each week, you being reinvigorated. Each week, you being rewritten into the epic tale God is weaving that binds together the creation, the fall, the redemption, and recreation. Each and every week, God effects a miracle among us. Do you sometimes wish that We lived back in the early church where we would see miracles right and left. Friends, it happens each and every week here. You come in dead and dying, tired, sick and sore, as the old hymn says. And God's Spirit, working through my words, creates and sustains your faith reinvigorating you, bringing you all of these benefits that our catechism lays out. Humbling you, yes. Driving you out of yourself, yes. But also strengthening you. 
also building you up against temptations, building you up in grace, establishing your hearts in holiness. You may not always feel that way when you're wrestling with the kids, trying to get them to stay still in the seat. You may not always feel that way when you kind of slam the car door after you get here because you and your spouse, spouse have just been in an argument. Or you come and you sit down and you're weighed down. You're weighed down because you've just been laid off. You're weighed down because a relationship has just ended. You're weighed down because you know your own sin and your own shame. But take comfort in this. The power is in God's objective promise to you, not in your subjective apprehension of that promise. You can come in feeling weighed down and with the littlest faith look to Jesus and say, do your work in me. Do your work for me because I have nothing left to offer to you. Preaching is the week in and week out declaration of a new reality. And folks, by that declaration, you are changed. You are being formed. You are being shaped, conformed into the image of Christ, strengthened against temptation, built up in grace, established in holiness, given comfort that comes from above. You may not always feel it. You may not always experience it in the same way like you did last week or as you might next week. But folks, as you come into these doors, as you sit here in this sanctuary, you can be confident. Confident, not, not in me. Not in, not in my powerful, persuasive rhetoric. Not in my jokes. They're usually terrible. See? Uh, <laughs> you can be confident. Not even in the people around you. You can be confident, not in our beautiful music. You can be confident, not in our kids' programs. You can be confident, not in any of the other good things that we do as a body. You can be confident, not because you're confident in yourself or in your own apprehension of the truth. You can be confident that God is at work, working in you through powerful words to create a new you, a new and living person fit for his kingdom. Let's pray. Father, we admit that so often we come into this room and we are not confident. Maybe because of relational conflict, we sit with suspicion. Maybe because of frustration, with ourselves, we sit with head held low. Maybe because of discomfort, we can't even sit for very long and our body is just fighting against our ability to even listen for a moment. Oh God, whatever it is that we bring into this place, I pray that you would help us to see that your word is more powerful and that your promise is sure. And that having heard your word, by faith, we are being built up 
as part of the body of Christ. We pray all of this in Christ's name. Amen.